This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. This episode is sponsored in part by NiceWork. NiceWork is an established WordPress digital agency that strategizes and creates better user experiences for your clients that are authentic to your company's voice and culture. NiceWork increases awareness, followers, and conversion. For more information, look up getnicework.com. And now the conversation begins. This is Episode 4. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're very lucky to be joined by Sarah Dunn, who is the founder and project lead at 11Web, a remote web agency based in Battle Creek, Michigan. Her tiny team of four obsesses over design, WordPress, of course, local SEO, and clients' online needs. Sarah recently started a video series about specializing. Sarah, welcome. Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks, uh, Tara and Liam, for having me on. Hi, Sarah. We're happy to have you here. So Liam gave a nice introduction, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what Sure. Sure, you bet. Um, So my company's name is 11Web. We've been in business for about five years, and I have a fully remote team. So we are all very grateful to work from wherever we are. I'm here in Southwest Michigan in Battle Creek, which is a a lovely small town. Um, And I just love the opportunity that WordPress and digital marketing gives us to work from wherever we are. So um, when I'm not working, you might find me traveling, uh, hanging out with my husband of five years or with our French bulldog, Jetta. Where have you been? Where do you like to go? Uh, Oh, everywhere. Um, I love international travel. I love going to Europe. Uh, We took a wonderful trip to Croatia last year that was just transformational. I love the Adriatic Sea and everything there. So as much as I can get to Europe, I absolutely love to do that. Uh, But um, my husband and I travel a lot in the U.S. too. Thankfully, he has a job that takes him all over. And I'm very grateful that I have a job that I can take with me. So whenever he goes, I usually go with him. That is awesome. I like that. I like that. Uh, I'm heading to Europe in a few weeks' time, so I'm excited to go back. Oh, that's good. Where are you going? I'm going to Germany. Wonderful. I'm going to Germany, uh, going along with my wife on her job and taking our two our two children with us. So we're all pretty excited to go. So let me let me t- ask you a little bit about um, how you first got into WordPress, how you found that, and how that came to be, and and maybe you can even roll in how that or if it did, how it affected your decision to go into business for yourself. Yeah, it's really interesting. And a lot of people, when I meet them, they ask if I went to school for web design or design or computers or something like that. And the answer is no, absolutely not. I uh, do come from a family of computer science majors, but I actually went to college for international business. And um, I did end up with a minor in marketing just because I loved the coursework. But um, website design and WordPress was not a direction that I went in immediately after college. 
I actually uh, started a different business and, um, that's quite a long and winding story, but to be honest with you, the most fun that I had in that business was making the website for it. And, um, so it was something that I took a lot of time to learn and I enjoyed every second of Googling, figuring things out, teaching myself. And when another opportunity arose, um, a friend of mine needed help with a website. It was something where they had the company had paid $5,000 to have a website developed on Dreamweaver. And a year later, they just needed to update a phone number and add their Facebook link. And that agency wanted to charge them another $1,000. And I said, that's crazy. I've made a website before. And so I, I said, you know, we can put it on this thing called WordPress. And that will allow you to make any type of change like that in the future without having to call um, a professional to do it. And so my journey to WordPress was really out of necessity and then realizing that it could also help other people. And um, after I helped that person, someone else found out I knew how to do this. And it was just a hobby that really grew and grew for about a year or so before I realized that I really liked doing my hobby a lot more than I liked doing my first business. <laughs> and it was probably a good direction I could take. That's awesome. So within, within, as you were developing your, your love of WordPress and realizing that your, your hobby was much more entertaining and much more fulfilling to you than your, your, your day business, I can call it that. What specifically was pulling you into WordPress? Was the design? Was it the content capacity? Was it the development? Was it a, maybe a combo of all three? No, actually, since I had very little knowledge, it was just the fact that it was an open source platform, um, a CMS that allowed anyone to make their own changes. And that was the only reason that I started with it because I could one click install on GoDaddy and uh, figure out how to customize a theme from the theme directory and go from there. So I, I don't quite remember how WordPress came to be or how I found it, but I'm sure it was just through searching around and reading articles about the easiest way to make a website yourself. And uh, this was years and years ago. So I thought it was a pretty good way to go. So it sounds like you um, have embraced WordPress and can you talk a little bit about how you discovered the WordPress community? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I'm embarrassed by this, but um, I kind of developed on WordPress on an island for about four years, meaning I didn't really know a lot of other people that did what I did. I didn't know a lot of other WordPress users. And I don't know why. I think I was just more focused on finding people I could help and finding clients instead of um, you know, maybe masterminding with others or trying to find that type of support. So um, I love this question, Tara, because this is really a new thing for me. It was only last year that I went to my first WordCamp after working professionally in WordPress for four years. I uh, decided to go to WordCamp Ann Arbor, which is only about an hour from where I live. And it was amazing. I loved, loved, loved meeting other people that kind of spoke my language. I learned so much from the speakers and presenters. I met several people who I'd followed online. And actually, since I'm completely self-taught, there were several people there whose blog articles and other things that I'd read and learned from. 
And that was so cool to meet those people, make those connections, realize that they existed in real life, not just uh, <laughs> words written in a blog post. Um, and so since then, since WordCamp Ar Ann Arbor last October, I've just been so much um, more intentional about connecting with people in the community. Um, I've gone to another WordCamp where I actually was um, grateful for the opportunity to speak at that WordCamp. That was WordCamp Jackson a few weeks ago. And I have plans to go to more. And, um, and I've also... I'd like to point out that word camps and in-person events aren't the only way to get more involved in the community. So I've also connected with a lot more people on Twitter, joined the Office Hour Slack group, and through that been connected to several other Slack groups, um, including one that's all about women in WordPress, which I think is fascinating and wonderful. So um, it's been, through the last year, a lot more intentional to get connected with the community, and I've really, really liked it. Wow, you're all in now. That's a that's that's pretty intense. So I I, I want to let you know that there's absolutely no need to be embarrassed as and about coming to WordPress from a vacuum, as it were, as you said. As Tara and I have heard over the course of our conversations with so many people, that's exactly the same experience as as a lot of people. And I'm raising my hand up. Uh, you can't see it in the podcast, but I, I was exactly the same way. I probably used it for two or three years before I. I even got involved at all. And, and like you, my experience was, oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? How did, how did yes. I exist before this? So that's, that's, that's fantastic. And I, and I really loved how you've then gone on from just, just that um, initial experience to be a lot more intentional about your uh, involvement and activity and role within the WordPress community. Yeah, I, I think I realized it just has so much value for business development and also just for um, connecting with people and solving problems quicker. I didn't need to just suffer on Google when a client had an issue I couldn't figure out. And I didn't need to just complain to my husband if there was a certain situation <laughs> that was rubbing me the wrong way. Um, there were actually people that had probably gone through something like that before. And uh, for example, Di Diane Kinney somehow has gone through everything before. And um, so she's a great resource and many people like her who are willing to say, oh, you know, this is how I've dealt with a similar situation in the past. So I've really appreciated that type of community and support. Yeah, I think that's one of its greatest uh, strengths is the willingness and ability of those who have traveled before us to save us, uh, save us the trouble of, of the mistakes that they've made. So, so to kind of get back to that idea of being intentional, I want to I want to ask you is what is your what is your definition of success? How how do you define that in either a personal or a professional way or both? Yeah, it's such a good question, and I think when you own your own business, you get to decide what personal and professional success looks like together instead of separately. So I'm not just trying to climb some corporate ladder. I really, I, I love that having my own business allows me to decide what I want life to look like. So as I think about success for me and my business, I think it's really the freedom to learn and explore and to always have opportunities open that you can take. So I really believe in um, flexible lifestyle and my entire team works from where they are and sets their own hours. So 
since I'm able to do that and I love it, I want to empower my team to do the same. And because of that, I've been able to work with some amazing people with unique situations. So my graphic designer actually works from home with her two young children with her. And that is something that's really important to her and her values. And that is the freedom that our success together allows for her. And I think that's really great. And one of my other coworkers is a retired computer programmer and project manager for the government. So even though she was ready to be done with her first career, we have the freedom to work together and she can still have really fun, engaging work, the number of hours that she wants to have. So success really is that, that freedom, learning, exploring, for me, traveling places, um, meeting people of new cultures, um, seeing amazing sites. Um, I, you know, someone asked once a similar question that's a little bit different, like, how do you know when you have enough success? And I, I like to think that someday I'd like to go somewhere and go to the best restaurant in town and not worry about what it costs because I love to eat and I love to travel. And that's just the ultimate experience for me. So that is really like the pinnacle of success for me. I love that. That's great. And that's a great question. How do you, when do you know that you have enough success? And is there ever, mm -hmm. I guess, is there ever enough? Where do you find yourself on your on your journey towards success then? Yeah, I mean, we do have a lot of freedom. I think that um, we've, we've continued to learn and explore. And so I'm, I don't wanna, it seems so strange to be like, I feel successful, but yeah, I, I feel really good about personal and professional journey right now. And I try to keep that positive perspective in mind um, so good, good place in this journey, Tara. I love that. You're successful where you are right now. That is fantastic. And that, that leads us very nicely to our next question, which is to maintain this success that you've achieved. What is the single most important thing that you do every day? Yeah. So I think probably the most important thing, and it's funny because we're talking so much about freedom and doing what you want, but I'm also someone that's very structured and very intentional with the time that I do take to work. So um, the most important thing that I do every day is plan. So I choose every night at the end of the workday to sit down and look at what's been accomplished. I have a daily planner that I really love. So I look at anything that's not checked off. I rewrite it into the next day, um, write out my schedule for the next day. And then I like to define three seeds and three weeds. So a seed is something that you plant and you should be planting things every day, whether that's sending out a proposal, reaching out to a past client, anything like that, that might help your business grow. Maybe it's being on this podcast today and getting out there and and doing the scary thing of applying to speak for in a podcast or maybe a conference or something. Um, so I like to define a few weeds for each day and then a few, or I'm sorry, a few seeds and then a few weeds. So the weeds are the things you don't want to do that you are dreading that maybe you've pushed off since a couple days before. You just don't want to do it. Um, I like to write those down. And then I think it's really important to do those in the morning. First thing, you're fresh, you're ready to go. It's not the end of the day when you've been, you know, tackling a lot of other things through the day. So I do those weeds before I open my inbox in the morning. 
which is really important to me. Eating the frog is another uh, yes. way to to talk about that. There's a book about eating the frog, doing the hard things first that you don't want to do. So I am really bad at that. Really bad. <laughs> David oh, Allen. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's getting things done. David Allen. What if the worst thing you had to do was eat a frog? And once you got that done, the rest of your day would be incredible. That sounds a little gross, Liam. I didn't make up the phrase. I'm going to go with pulling weeds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. So um, I love the seeds and weeds idea. And the planning um, is also, I know, critical. I'm a... I'm a tool person. So it sounds like you actually handwrite your your list. I found that um, no matter how many to-do list planning things I have, still, if I write it down, it's sure to get done. Somehow the digital things are sometimes harder to keep track of. So I love that you use that method. Yeah, there's was, something about a, a pen and checking off a physical box that just I feels really true. good. I think that's true. Yeah. What would you say um, is the biggest challenge that you face? In the past or currently? Either or both. And how, oh. how, are, you, how are you working on that challenge or how are you working to overcome it or how have you already overcome it? So currently my biggest challenge, and I, I say this in kind of a, a future focus because it's not something that wears us down in the business every day. But I'm currently kind of challenging myself to think about specializing the work that we do at my agency. So for so long, you know, the five years that we've been going, we've kind of been the agency for anybody with a business and a checkbook. And we take on all types of projects. And it's really exciting to work with so many different kinds of clients. But I really think that we can have a bigger impact and just become better known as experts if we specialize in something in particular. And what makes this exceptionally challenging for me is, number one, I love learning and I love doing different things. Um, I feel like every time I learn something new about digital marketing, I decide that that is what I need to do forever into the future. Um, I'm currently toying with Google AdWords a little bit. I love SEO. I'm reading a book on design. So Learning makes this particularly challenging and the fact that I really enjoy a lot of the things that I learn about. Um, But the other challenge is the fact that nothing has just naturally presented itself as the right specialty for the agency. So you hear about certain industries or certain agencies who are focused maybe on a particular industry or type of client. Um, You hear about others that specialize in a particular service. You know, we do e-commerce or we do SEO, something like that. Um, We've always just kind of done so much of everything that nothing has risen to the top as, you know what, this is the thing that we really need to keep doing, or this is the type of client that we need to keep working with. And it's been a bit of a frustration because I know we want to specialize. I know I'd like to try doing it. Um, and I'm not really sure what direction to go. And I don't feel like there's enough information out there about specializing a web agency and, um, you know, branding and brand positioning. So that's one of the reasons I recently started just a little video series. It's not very serious, but it's just regular ongoing where I talk about the challenges of specializing and kind of document the journey. 
Um, I don't want to come across as someone with all the answers because I have zero and it, it really is a challenge. So um, that's the biggest challenge I'm facing right now. And I do not have the answers to it, but um, I do feel like I'm slowly getting there. I think that's really exciting. And I, it makes me feel nervous for you in a way, because when you think about specializing, that means saying no, right? And and um, I think that's a challenge. Like you said, anyone with a checkbook that needs a website, you would build a website for, and you, you do get some variety that way. So it kind of keeps you from feeling bored or burned out. But I understand that having a specialty could allow you to, to really uh, drill down on your content and and understand an industry, but what happens when you go down the path of the wrong, the wrong industry and you discover, up oh, this, this industry isn't right, they, they don't want to spend money or for whatever other reason, then you need to, to turn and do another. So are you considering that this is a journey where you may try out a bunch of different specialties, specializations before you land on the one that is right? Yes, absolutely. And I was, I continue to be scared of all those th same things, Tara. And actually one of my videos recently was about my biggest fears and choosing the wrong specialty is definitely one of them. But I'm in a mastermind group with um, this wonderful woman who told me, you know what, you will never fail at this. You'll only pivot and you'll only learn something from the choices you make. And so you know, that's one of the things that's keeping me going. It's not allowing me to get paralyzed as I think about doing this because I, once we decide on something, I do want to do it wholeheartedly, but I'm open to the idea of it not working and needing to pivot from there. So I don't feel like this is a decision I'm making for my business that we have to live with forever. It's not that way. And I think it's going to have so much value that even if I choose the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, it's just an investment into the future of possible growth and possible differentiation. So it may not be easy, but I, I do think it's going to be worth it. So are you saying no to, um, it, to people that come to you who are not in those specialties in the meantime? while you're developing this or like when well, you I, cut that off? <laughs> I don't know what the specialty is. I feel like I'm going <laughs> to reach a point, I'm going to declare it, and then I'm going to do more no saying. Um, but, you know, as I think about this, I have over time started saying no to more things. So for example, I got an inquiry from a client last week who said, hey, we need some changes or ongoing maintenance to a site we already have, a WordPress site. And we've decided in the past that... Uh, our choice is to no longer maintain websites that we didn't build just because there's too much uncertainty and we're not able to guarantee the client how much time things will take. And a lot of times we disagree with how the, how things were built and would prefer just to rebuild them. So, um, I, I've learned, I, I guess I'm not giving myself enough credit to the things we already say no to, because there are certain things that we don't get into anymore. So maintaining sites we didn't build, um, and we also, I don't tend to work on projects that are for online business. So e-commerce, uh, online consultants, courses, our bread and butter is really a service-based business that serves their local area. And we can help them generate more foot traffic and, or more leads if they um, have a sales process to work. So 
I guess I don't give us enough credit for how far we've already come. I just want to get even more narrow, whether that's an industry or a certain service or maybe both, because I think you can be successful specializing both in a certain service for a certain industry. Sarah, do you have a timetable for your decision process? You've explained to us that you're, you're open to different kinds of specialties, you're exploring opportunities, you're considering different avenues, and you're keeping a, a, a mindful eye open to all of this. But in your own mind, do you, have you given yourself a time frame? You know, for example, I'm going to consider it for a year or 18 months or something to that effect. That's such, I'm glad you asked that. Um, actually, in one of the mastermind groups I'm part of, we set 90-day goals. And so my goal for the last 90 days that ended at the end of spring was to have a specialty decided. And what ended up happening was that I kind of just chose something and went after it, did a lot of market research, and ultimately decided it wasn't the right direction. And so my goal actually for this round of 90 days is to back off a little bit and stop asking so much of myself, stop forcing it so much, and just see what kind of work is coming our way, um, what kind of work we're really enjoying, making some lists, but not trying so hard to make a decision if it's not something that I think is going to work. So I'm not quite sure so far if I can really force myself into it, though I can just continue to take the right steps. And um, I think sometime after this 90 days, I'd like to, again, um, push a little bit more to make a decision, but I needed to back off for a short period and not put so much pressure behind it. Yeah, I think that's really important. The, the, the value of letting the decision not come to you, like sitting around wait for it, waiting for it to del- get delivered like an Amazon package. But, but I also love that you, you took the time and you explored a particular specialty option as part of your goal. And you ultimately made the decision that it wasn't right for you. And I think, I think that the value of that kind of exercise of should I do this and then actually putting significant time and energy and resources into finding that out and maybe, and I don't know what you spent, but maybe it was cumulatively two or three or four or five days. And some people might say, oh my gosh, that's four days. You know, you think of the money you could have made, but think of the headaches you would have endured if you didn't do that research and you did a day and then you said yes. And six months down the road, you have all these clients, projects and obligations that you don't want. So that's awesome. That's a, that's a great lesson and a great value. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that concept of specializing as an investment in your business is really important because it just doesn't just happen one day. You're like, I'm only going to work with realtors. And the next day, a thousand realtors contact you and say, Hey, I hear you only work with realtors. So it's definitely something that takes time and effort And I have no delusions that this is easy or is not an investment into the future of the business. Yeah, I I, I think I'd agree with that, that it just takes time. I I know from my own experience of running my small business is that for the first few years of the businesses, what do you specialize in? I don't know. I just still get my head around it all and I like it and it's enjoyable and this is fun and that's fun. And okay, now I've learned that other bit. That is not fun. So we don't specialize in that. But what we do specialize in, I don't know just yet. So, so I get that. I really appreciate where you are and, and I love your thoroughness in approaching that. 
But let me let me change gears on us just again and and ask you uh, what I think is becoming our signature question. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to see what uh, the listening public thinks. But Sarah, what is the single most valuable piece of advice? And it can be either personal or professional or both. What's the single most valuable piece of advice that you've ever received and incorporated into your life? Wow, that puts a lot of pressure on this question. Um, I don't know if something is coming right to mind that is the best, most valuable advice that I've ever received, but something is coming to mind that has really spoken to me recently, and it was a quote that I saw from Guy Kawasaki. And he said, every profile is your professional profile. And he was talking about online, social media, and how, you know, no matter where it is or whether you want it to portray you or not, if you're saying it online, people will find it. And that has something to do with how they view you professionally. And I think that um, it's something that I've tried to be very mindful about. Um, I, I choose not to get whiny or political on any of my online profiles just because I, I know that clients will see them and use those decisions and the things that I say to decide whether they want to work with me or not. So that advice, every profile is your professional profile, I think is really important and something that I've been keeping top of mind recently. And that is a very valuable one. Uh, there is no gray line anymore or black line or any colored line between personal and professional on the internet, is there? We can think there is. Oh, it's on LinkedIn. It's professional. It's Twitter. It's personal. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I agree with that. But yeah, that's great. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, let me ask you one more question if I can, because we've got some time left and, I, and we didn't get a chance to really explore this. And because... Uh, you work in a similar with similar clients as I do, and I think our approaches to being methodical, at least mine in theory anyway, is similar to yours. And I've got a, a paper schedule, and I'm not a pen guy. I'm a pencil person, so I'm a pencil, mechanical pencil. What is your favorite thing to do at work every day? So we talked about what's the most important thing, but what's your favorite thing to do? Ooh, uh, my favorite things to do in this business are probably not things I get to do every day anymore. Um, so I'm really grateful to have a small team, but that means a lot of the development work has been taken away from me at this point. And I love some days when I can just help my team out with a project. Uh, maybe we've got a lot going on and a build out will stop if we don't throw some more hands at it. So I love when I get to go in and help my team to build out a website, do some CSS customizations, hang out in the code for a while. Um, turn on some music on Spotify and just make the website look like our designer has designed it. And I find that really fulfilling to take something from blank page or even just basic content and give it styling, give it design, uh, give it personality, work a little bit sometimes with the messaging and copy. Um, I, I really still enjoy getting down deep into the project, even though my role now has a lot more to do with planning, strategy, and uh, project management than it ever has before. So uh, when I can get into a project and really dig, that's my favorite thing to do at work. 
And my least favorite thing to do is email. So I do a lot of things to try to reduce my email load because it feels so unproductive to sit in my inbox and react to things that happen um, as opposed to moving forward on things that I had planned. Yeah, email. <laughs> I think you read my mind right there. Yes, people's <laughs> minds. <laughs> yes, that's why we have base camp. That's why I do hangouts with my team. Uh, I don't want it all happening just through my inbox. That's crazy, and I refuse to do it. The human contact is fantastic. I like that. Make it real. Sarah, we are out of time, so I'm going to say thank you very, very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and, and getting to know you just a little bit. Before, before we say our goodbyes, can you let people know where they can find you online, please? Sure thing. Well, if you'd like to check out my agency, it's 11web at 11web.com. Uh, I'd love to connect with you on Twitter. My handle is Sarah11D. And my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. So if you love Instagram as much as I do, please connect with me there. It's Sarah Dunn 11. I think you also have uh, an account for your dog. Would you like to share that? There we go. <laughs> um, my sweet, sweet, darling French bulldog, Jetta, does have her own Instagram account. Um, just so people can choose to see pictures of her and I can stop spamming my own account with a thousand photos of Jetta. So if you'd like to follow her, it's Jetta LaFrenchy. Great. Thank you so much. Sarah, it's been great having you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. This has been really great. I love what you're doing with Hallway Chats, and I cannot wait to listen in the future. Thanks. Thanks so much, Sarah. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves. <laughs>